White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre doesn't seem to know what building a wall actually means. Joe Biden's economic team is scrambling as America is now in a recession. Plus, Democrats are panicking as illegal aliens are sent to their cities. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden's White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, because with each passing day since she replaced former press secretary Jen Psaki, Jean-Pierre has demonstrated that she is in over her head, way over her head. She often appears flat out clueless about what's going on in the Biden administration, and she has trouble answering even the most basic questions. The White House loves to brag that she is black and a lesbian. But how does that make a person qualified? It doesn't. The job is the job, regardless of someone's race or sexual orientation. No black, white, gay, straight. No matter how you look at it, Jean-Pierre is one of the worst press secretaries that I've ever seen. Case in point, the recent announcement by Joe Biden that he is actually going to build parts of a border wall in Arizona. That's right. Even though he railed against Trump's border wall, Biden has now decided to do it. Why? Good question. Biden has left millions of illegal aliens, just let them walk across the border since he was inaugurated. Every country in the world knows our southern border is wide open. Drugs, gangs, human trafficking, you name it and Biden is letting it happen. So Biden didn't just suddenly have a change of heart. This is all about politics. In Arizona, Democrat Senator Mark Kelly is trying to hold on to his Senate seat. And so all of a sudden, Biden and Kelly are acting like they care about border security. They don't. But now they have to try and sell that idea that they do care to the American people. And that's where White House Press Secretary comes in. First, in case you didn't know, Back before she became press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre tweeted this. Donald Trump, where are the pesos for your bigoted wall? So, just your typical left-wing hack. Trump's border wall is racist. It's so lame and so insulting to everyone out there of countless ethnicities who come here legally. But now, Biden is building a wall. And during the White House press briefing, Jean-Pierre was spinning her wheels. Basically, they are building the wall, but not building the wall. Here's the leading question from Fox News' Peter Ducey. On another subject, why is the Biden administration building a border wall in Arizona? Simple enough, right? Biden is building a border wall in parts of Arizona. Why is he doing it? Here's the response. So, um... We are, not, uh, we are not finishing the wall. Uh, we are cleaning up the mess the prior administration uh, left behind in their, in their failed attempt uh, to build a wall. And I just want to be very, very clear here. On day one, uh, we returned the money, uh, the $8 billion the prior administration took from our military. We gave that back. Wait, what? So the Biden team is not finishing a wall. They are cleaning up the Trump mess. But in this case, cleaning up the Trump mess means they are building a wall. Ducey asked, why are they building this wall? Jean-Pierre's response is basically to deny that it's happening, but say something else is happening. And that something else is exactly what she is denying. 
It's ridiculous. Here's more. But President Biden, when he was a candidate, said there will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. Yeah. So what changed? We are not finishing the wall. If walls work in that part of Arizona, is this the administration trying to get migrants to cross somewhere else, like in Texas? What What is the plan? We are not finishing a wall. We are cleaning up the mess that the prior administration made. This is just a crack up. How many times is she going to say, we are not finishing the wall? Biden said, not one foot of wall will be constructed. Now, Biden's building a wall. Maybe Jean-Pierre didn't get that memo. Shouldn't someone tell her that her talking point about cleaning up the mess not only makes no sense, but it actually means, yes, we are building a wall. But she wasn't done yet. By finishing the wall, is this? We are not finishing the wall. By filling in, finishing? We are not finishing the wall. By filling in, uh, is, this, is this racist? Because in 2019, when the former guy was proposing a wall, you said uh, that it was his racist wall. So how is this any different? I'm just having a hard time understanding how this is any different. I'm not even sure how you get to your first question, to this question that you just asked me. I will say this, a border wall, I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question. A border wall is ineffective use of taxpayer dollars. It's just great when she says, hold on, I'm answering your question, but she doesn't answer the question. This is taking Clueless to a new level. Well, regardless of what Corinne Jean-Pierre is trying to say, Biden is trying to save a Senate seat by talking tough on the border in Arizona, but leaving it wide open everywhere else. All right, next let's talk about the economy. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about the Biden economy, because as you may know, America's GDP saw negative growth for the second consecutive quarter. What does that mean? Well, for any normal person, it means that America is in a recession. Of course, Biden's team is doing cartwheels, trying to spin the dismal economic news into something that isn't a recession. They are saying, well, two consecutive negative quarters has meant a recession in the past, but now Joe Biden is president. So whatever situation we are in, we're just not going to call it a recession. Here's Maria Bartiromo telling it like it is. The bottom line here is the economy is troubled. Don't forget, three million fewer people are working today than before the pandemic. We are producing less oil than before the pandemic, and we are no longer in growth mode. We are in a shrinking mode. The economy got smaller, not just in the first quarter, but the second quarter as well. Dana, you just mentioned the White House tried to manage this, get in front of the number, tell us a recession is not a recession. We all know what a recession is. This is what economists have counted on for as long as I've been covering this, and that's 30 years. She knows it. We all know it. America is in a recession. Two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And Americans are feeling the punch. Everything is worse under Biden than it was before the pandemic. No matter how you feel about it or no matter what you want to call it, people are feeling pressure. They're, they're paying 35% more for a dozen eggs than they were last year. They're paying 18% more for meat and fish than they were last year. And so those costs are creating what we call demand destruction. Here's one thing to keep in mind from Bartiromo's comments. There are fewer people working now than before the pandemic. 
Biden talks about how great things are, and he points to all the jobs he created. The fact is that he's trying to take credit for jobs that were already there, and people are just coming back to them after lockdowns. But the important fact is that we have fewer people working under Biden. So he's talking about creating millions of jobs, yet in reality, Biden has lost jobs. There were 152.5 million people employed before the lockdowns, based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And now, there are 151.9 million employed. That's 600,000 fewer jobs, and Biden has the nerve to talk about job creation. In the meantime, when it comes to talk about a recession, the Biden team is scrambling. If the technical definition is two quarters of contraction, you're saying that's not a recession? That's not the tech. No, that's not the technical definition in terms of the technical definition. It's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. That is not the actual definition of a recession. It is a significant contractionary period over a few months. Do you see a theme here? Biden's team says they aren't building a wall, even though they are. And the country isn't in a recession, even though it is. All right. Next, let's talk about what's going on at the southern border after a word from our sponsor. Friends, I have an urgent warning for you from my friends over at GoldCo. The last time the economy looked like this, the market tanked 50%. Millions of people watched their retirement savings disappear. We could be looking at a recession far worse than 2008. If you have $50,000 or more in your retirement savings, you could be at the greatest risk. So call my friends at GoldCo at 855-700-6173 to get a free gold IRA kit and learn how thousands are protecting their money now. You could win $10,000 or more in free silver. That's 855-700-6173. Okay, next let's talk about Texas Governor Greg Abbott and other GOP governors and the crisis at America's southern border. Since Joe Biden has come into office, we have seen the effects of his open borders policy. 100,000 to 200,000 or more illegal border encounters every single month. Millions have poured into our country, and it's exactly what the Democrats want. So Governor Greg Abbott, joined by other GOP governors, said, fine, if these Democrats think it's okay for illegals to just stream across the border and flood the border towns, let them step up and take care of them too. That notion has led to illegal border crossers being sent to places like New York City and Washington, D.C. And as you might expect, the Democrats are now crying and calling this a crisis. Apparently, it's okay for Texas border towns to deal with the problem, but not any left-wing city. Here's the story. Republican governors are adopting a new tactic to deal with record illegal crossings of the United States southern border. Send the migrants to the doorstep of President Joe Biden himself and the cities which describe themselves as sanctuary cities. So far, 4,000 migrants have arrived in buses from border states to D.C. and 2,800 have arrived in New York City. Both these cities describe themselves as sanctuary cities. Abbott announced the plan in April after Biden rescinded Title 42, which allowed border authorities to turn back migrants for health concerns. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey has employed the tactic as well, and he's planning to build the Biden administration for the effort. Great plan. After all, these are sanctuary cities, right? places where illegals can supposedly come and be cared for and not be subject to deportation or policies that are meant to safeguard Americans or enforce federal law. How's it working out? Here's more. Texas was sending a half busload a day in April, 
but has increased the frequency of the busloads in recent days. Officials say between three and five busloads of migrants have been arriving each day from the southern border to D.C.'s Union Station. Faced with an influx of illegal immigrants straining their city's resources, the mayors of Washington, D.C. and New York City are turning to the federal government for help. Most recently, Democrat D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser has requested the National Guard be deployed to assist with the migrant crisis in her city. The number of people crossing the border seeking asylum we expect to only go up, and we need to make sure that there is a national response, not an ad hoc city-by-city, state-by-state response, Bowser said during a press conference. Oh my gosh, we need to call in the National Guard. There is property damage, drugs, gangs, human trafficking in Texas border towns and into the entire state of Texas and other states. These Democrats get a tiny taste of what it's like, and they're calling it a humanitarian crisis and bring out the National Guard. How about if we just close the border, make sure it's secure when we open it back up, and reform this whole process? Oh, wait a second. That would make too much sense. But then again, we'll see how D.C., New York, and other cities feel after a few more months of visitors. All right, finally, let's talk about election integrity because it's a big, big issue on the minds of many voters, and it will likely be a major key to success for Republicans in the midterm elections. I can tell you, as the new chairman of the Fort Bend County Republican Party here in Texas, that we take election integrity seriously, and the results are paying off. With the work that volunteers are doing locally, along with the Republican National Committee, we are moving to a point where Republicans are way more excited to go vote because they see what Democrats are doing in this country, and they are becoming more confident that the elections will be run properly in 2022 and beyond. Here's an update on what's been happening since the 2020 election. The Republican National Committee has continued its multi-million dollar investment into election integrity for the midterm elections. These investments include 17 state election integrity directors and 28 in-state election integrity councils who have recruited tens of thousands of poll watchers and workers in battleground states across the country. With 100 days left before the election, the RNC has surpassed a significant milestone with over 32,000 poll watchers in primary, general, and special elections so far this cycle. In addition, they have made over 65,000 unique voter engagements and have held over 2,700 election integrity trainings. Make no mistake, friends, there is a lot more to do, but the progress has been significant. And I've seen firsthand how having poll watchers present and having good election judges keep the process running smoothly and accurately. Things are much more likely to go by the book when there are good Republicans actually observing the process. Here's some key updates. Georgia's May primary elections ran smoothly, with turnout rising by approximately 300% in May early voting compared to 2018. There were poll watchers in 100% of the precincts the RNC believed to be key. In Texas's March primary, the RNC also secured 100% coverage in the precincts they believed to be key. With the exception of Democrat-run Harris County, elections ran smoothly statewide and voter turnout skyrocketed. In Virginia's 2021 gubernatorial elections, the RNC also had 100% coverage in the precincts they believed to be key, with thousands of poll watchers spread across 37 key counties. 
So my message to you today is go out and get trained. Help out as a poll watcher or election worker. You can really, truly make a difference. We've seen the results and we need more people involved. The Democrats are going to be fighting like crazy during this election cycle. We need to be ready and we owe it to our system of government to make sure our elections are secure. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.